Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Here we go. It is episode number 30 of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. Jim Rosenhouse along with you following a 5-4 Boston win in the homestand opener for the Guardians on Tuesday night at Progressive Field. Coming up a little bit later on in our podcast, we will visit with pitching coach Carl Willis, who is always a fun interview about a variety of different subjects, and we'll get into that with Carl in just a little bit. But first, a look back at Tuesday night's game against Boston. Again, the series opener against the Red Sox. Big homestand here for the Guardians in terms of competition. Boston in town right now through Thursday night, and then Houston comes to town for the weekend, the only visit of the season by the Astros. And it got off to a good start on Tuesday night as Shane Bieber was solid. Josh Bell and Josh Naylor struck for back-to-back RBI doubles in the first inning, but a 2-1 to lead did not hold up as the bullpen had struggles in the eighth inning as uh, Angel De Los Santos, who had really earned a, a late-inning relief role, had a tough time on Tuesday night, and the Red Sox put together a four-run eighth inning, and despite a late rally by the Guardians, it was a 5-4 to four Boston win. Afterward, Terry Francona, Guardians manager, talked about it. I thought they had some really good at-bats on some deeper counts, so his pitch count got up, and we're at a point in the game where I just thought if we bring in Sam, they're going to have to make some decisions. And and they did, and they unloaded. And then it kind of came back to bite us because the, the righties got the hits off the righties. It's not the way we drew it up. Dale's been extremely consistent. He just didn't command. You know, even the, like the 0-2 pitch he threw for a strike. He, he just, the ball wasn't going where he wanted it to tonight. Well, he's got really good stuff. When we came out of the shoot and got a couple, then he kind of locked it in. He he's never had a problem with his stuff. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He was he's good. You think Bieber had a shot at the double play there when he went to second? Or... Well, no. I mean he he was going for the for the four. Not not force. He's no. going for yeah. And I think he probably realized the minute he let that go that that's probably where he shouldn't have gone. That's manager Terry Francona. And again, game two of the series is Wednesday night at Progressive Field, a 7-10 first pitch. 
Now, every once in a while, we have a chance to visit with pitching coach Carl Willis on a variety of subjects, not necessarily just Guardians pitching. And when the team was in Minnesota over the weekend, that always brings back some great memories for Carl as he was a part of the 1991 World Series champion Minnesota Twins. And when we caught up with him over the weekend, he talked about the memories of that time in his playing career. Well, yeah, obviously the highlight of my my playing career and, you know, any opportunity. I mean, not everyone can say that, you know, they reach the World Series and and then to win it and, and be a part of it. Uh, pitched them four games during that seven-game series. Um, yeah, it was really, really special and um, memories that you'll never forget and friendships that are everlasting. It's remarkable, and maybe it shouldn't be, but, um, I mean, it's more than 30 years ago now, and, and still, though, when we've been in town and I know other events that you've had, they really hold that team in a, in a great spot in the heart of sports fans here, and, and that shouldn't be a surprise, should it? No, it shouldn't. I mean, you know, um, it's the last uh, world championship team in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Um, you know, the, the Stars and now the Wild have obviously had some good teams. Minnesota Twins have had some good teams, haven't yet reached the World Series again, nor have the Vikings. So, um, in the in the Super Bowl, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's hard to believe it's been 32 years now, but uh, really neat to come back and, and have people remember you. Um, you know, it's really special. Stay with us. We'll have more with Carl Willis after this short break. Welcome back to Guardians Warm Up. Carl Willis joining us, and we're reminiscing about his time here with the Twins as a player. And uh, obviously, a highlight of that was the '91 World Series. And Carl, you look back on that, and it seems like the further away it gets. The more people regard that as one of the great World Series. And, and could you feel that as it was taking place and, and getting deeper and deeper into the series? Well, you know, I mean, it was it was kind of hard to um, let your mind go to, you know, exactly how it was unfolding. I, I think we had, you know, four one-run games. We had two, maybe three, I can't remember now, extra inning games. Um the home team won every game, um, but I, I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's truthfully, you know, staying mine in the moment and, and today's game and seeing it through and getting to tomorrow, I think no one really realized, um, you know, how it played out, certainly for the fans. Uh, none of us realized that until it was over. Obviously, this is a beautiful ballpark target field, but those games were played at the old Metrodome as loud a building as you've ever been in for those World Series games at home? Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget our bullpen coach, Rick Stelmasic. Um, you know, we had the bullpen phone, um, and it was like a, a, you know, wired but portable phone that he had to put on the on the ground and keep his foot on the phone because he couldn't hear it ring. So he had to, he had to feel for the vibration, you know, when they would call. Was, in the days, we didn't have a light going off or a horn blowing. It was just a phone ring. And and he had his foot so he could hear it because the, the noise was deafening. And when you look back at spring training that year, no one would have predicted a Twins-Braves World Series uh, for, I don't know, the matchup or either side. But uh, how did it develop? How did, when did you guys start to think, hey, this is a really good ball club here? Well, I think, um, you know, the club start out 2-9. and nine, So uh, coming off a, a season that, um, that finished in last place um, in 1990, um, I remember Tom Kelly having a meeting in Anaheim about, you know, 162 games. We've only played 11. Small number, big number, making some, 
you know, slight adjustments. And I think we got, you know, into May, um, and it was late May going into June. Uh, we had started to play better. The record was, you know, starting to even out, and, and we won 16 in a row, 15 or 16, I can't remember. I know um, the last of those victories actually came in Cleveland at, at the old stadium there, and we went to Baltimore, and Randy Milligan, actually walked us off in the bottom of the ninth in Baltimore the next night. And then we came back, I think, and won another eight or nine in a row. And at that point, we created some separation and, um, you know, start, had gained a lot of confidence in one another. And I think that's when the club really took off, obviously. And you had some of the biggest stars in the game, Kirby Puckett, Ken Herbeck, and Jack Morris. Um, so there was some star power here, wasn't there? Oh, there definitely was. You know, Puck, uh, Hall of Famer. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Ken Herbeck, you know, grew up right here. In, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, hometown hero. Um, Rick Aguilera was one of the best closers in baseball at the time. Chuck Knobloch was the rookie of the year in the American League that year. So it was a formidable club. It really was. And I know you don't see him every time in, but when you see Dan Gladden, is that something that you guys go right back to is, is those good times that you had? Every now and again we'll bring up, you know, some type of a memory about 91. But I think just, just living that together, like I said, it just – it, it causes us to develop friendships that, um, you know, uh, will last a lifetime. And, um, you know, I, I feel honored to, to just be a part of that group. Carl, thanks a lot for reliving some of those memories. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That's Guardians pitching coach Carl Willis. Always some great stories from Carl. Love the one about the Metrodome and how loud it was and what the coaches had to do out in that Twins bullpen so they could uh, feel the bullpen phone because they couldn't hear it when they were trying to be contacted to warm up relievers. Well, that's going to do it for episode number 30 of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. We're back with another tomorrow, so we hope you can join us then. And until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse thanking you as always for downloading and listening to the Rosie Report. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.